good morning. morning. It's a pleasure to uh, be here with you. Um, When uh, Pastor Lance asked me to come and and teach, I replied to him, I'm like, are you sure you want me in your your wonderful church? Uh, If you don't know who I am, um, we are pastor of Reunion Church, which is one year old, uh, coming up in just two weeks. And we meet in this very sanctuary every Sunday night at 5.30. And so uh, three years ago, Lance was actually one of the very first people I met when my wife and I moved into this city, believing that God had called us to plant a church. And so from the very beginning, uh, he and I have just developed an amazing relationship. And I can just tell you, we would definitely not be where we are as a church uh, today. And, you know, even just thinking about your community and where you're at, 135 years. That is amazing. You know, as, as a young pastor, as a young church plant, one of my regular prayers is that my church that I'm a part of would outlive me. That I would be able to look back at the end of my life and be like, wow, look at all the things that God has done. Look at the ways that God has been faithful. And I, and I just know I've been able to watch your church and I've uh, looked up your church and have just seen just the many different things that you have done. And, and you have left a gigantic spiritual footprint not just in the city of Santa Ana, but all around Orange County. And so thank you for allowing me to be here. Um, your hospitality is overwhelming. My church sends greetings to your church as well. Um, we're going to be speaking and looking at uh, Galatians. And it's a passage is known as the fruits of the Spirit. So if you would like, you can turn your Bibles to Galatians chapter 5. And we're actually going to be reading the entire chunk of the passage, verses 13 through 26. And I'm titling this message, What Makes Us Different? And as we know, uh, the the climate of our nation, uh, the things that are happening all around us every day, there's something unique as Jesus followers that we want to reclaim, something that we see uh, all throughout the New Testament. And it's lives that are lived differently. Uh, It's lives that stand out to the world. Uh, And so that's what what we want to challenge ourselves with. That's what we want to step into. Um, And that's my heart for us. And so just the beginning, my prayer for you. As a community, my prayer for me even this week, as I've sunk into this passage a little bit, is that we would go through a spiritual cleanse, if you will. That there would be a refreshment of our faith. That, that, that passion and energy for following Jesus would be something that we can step into. Not just while we're here, but Monday morning when we step into this week. Are, are you with me? Yes. Alright, let's do this. Okay, uh, chapter 5, Galatians chapter 5, verses 13 through 26. So I say, live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. They are in conflict with each other, so that you do not do what you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under law. The acts of the sinful nature are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, uh, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, Discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruits of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking, and envying each other. I want to speak to you this morning around the belief, around the conviction, that the same Spirit 
who raised Christ Jesus from the dead lives in you as well. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. It's living and it's active. And it's just as relevant for us today as it was when it was written a long time ago. So my prayer, Father, over each and every life represented in the sanctuary this morning, would we, like we just sang, would we keep our eyes fixed on you? Would we see you clearly? It's all about you, Jesus. And so I need your help as I communicate, as I preach in your word. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, this passage, as we see, um, really uh, kind of just deconstructs two different types of lifestyles, right? As the New Testament writers call it, there's either a choice of life, life that leads to destruction, or there's a life that leads to life. And, and as we, before we get any further, there's something here that Paul is introducing to us at first, and I believe it's an invitation. I believe Paul is inviting Jesus' followers to live the kind of life that's attractive to the world. So that when you come into contact with anybody, whether it's a coworker or a barista or, or a police officer, whoever it is, they look at you and they see Jesus. Now, they may not be able to use those words or identify what that is different about you, but there's something that is attractive. There's something that causes you and me as followers of Jesus to stand out to the world. And, and you know, one of the things that we'll see if we spend any time reading the New Testament is that the original followers of Jesus stood out in their societies. Would you agree? There was something where people would come into contact. They knew who were the followers of Jesus and who weren't. In fact, I love what we read in Acts uh, chapter 4, verse 13, as it pertains to Jesus' early disciples, Peter and John. It says that they, that the council, the world, the general public, were astonished. And they took note that these men had been with Jesus. What an amazing compliment that is. Isn't that something that we as Jesus followers should strive for in our lives? Shouldn't that be our goal? That when people see us, they're astonished. And they take note. That person had been with Jesus. And that's what we want to reclaim this morning. That's my heart for us as followers. We want to be people who stand out. Let's be people who are known for our love. Let's be people who are known to bring light into dark places. Let's be people who are known uh, that we actually bring uh, life into the dead places of life. Let's not let fear overcome. Let's not let those things, the divisions or anger overcome or separate or divide us. But let's be people who step out with courage and boldness in our world and put Jesus on display. Not because of how gifted or how amazing we think we are, but because how amazing and how beautiful and how powerful we know God to be. Because if we're honest, we've, we've all have things in our lives that, that we're not proud of, right? We've, we've made mistakes. There's things, if we just think about our lives, we've, we can think back to that one time, that mistake, man, I really wish I wouldn't have done that. I really wish I wouldn't have said that. We've all been there where the truth is we all make mistakes. And we saw in verses 19 through 21, that describes what life looks like when we decide to live life on our own, right? We see the outcome. We see where the world goes when, when, when Mike right here decides my way is better than God's way. I'm going to do what gratifies myself. And so we see where that goes. And I just want to say from the very beginning, it's important as Jesus followers to make the commitment to not live that kind of life. 
We're created for more. We're made for better. So what if instead of our lives revolving around verses 19 through 21, what if our, what if our lives actually reflected uh, the fruits of the Spirit? What, what, how would that change our, our house, our homes? How would that impact our, our children? Well, how would that change our work environments? How would that transform our neighborhoods? How would that transform our city and our county if we were known to be people of the fruits of the Spirit? And so there are three things that I want to draw out of this passage as it pertains to living in the Holy Spirit and living in this world a bit differently. And, and my statement that I kind of want to unpack is this. If you take notes, it's this. You are filled with the Spirit. Which, in, which leads to life in the Spirit, which enables you to walk in the Spirit. So the first, the Bible tells us that if you are a follower of Jesus, you are filled with the Spirit. Early on in the book of Acts, right before Jesus leaves and ascends into heaven, uh, he, he, he leaves his followers with a promise. And he says to them in Acts 1.8, he says, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all of Judea and Samaria and to, and to the ends of the earth. And then we skip down, we flip the page into Acts 2.4 and it says this. And they, the followers of Jesus, were filled with the Holy Spirit. And they begin to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. And then we think of another example, Paul, right? One of the most amazing radical followers of Jesus that changed the world. We see at his conversion, Scripture says that he was filled with the Holy Spirit. And so Paul being filled with the Holy Spirit, we see in Ephesians that his prayer for the church Ephesus is that they would be filled with the full measure of God. A scripture makes it clear that a byproduct of following Jesus is to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Is that we would step in and that our lives would look different. Now, I know that that phrase, being filled with the Holy Spirit, may not be familiar for some of us in the room. But in its most simplest form, what that means is we step in. It means it's this transaction of power. Instead of me living my way, instead of me doing my thing, I submit my life and I make the decision right away that I want the Holy Spirit. I want God's power to reign in me. I want God to be the leader of my life. I want God's way. I want him to guide me. I want him to lead me. I want him to show me what, what he wants for me. So I'm saying, God, have your way in my life. It's no longer about my way. So there's this transaction of power. What do we see in, in, in just Paul as an example? Before he was filled with the Holy Spirit, who was Paul? He was a persecutor. Saul, he was, he was a murderer. And then after he's filled with the Holy Spirit, what happens? He becomes an apostle. He's a sent out one. And, and instead of bringing death into the world, he's now, he's bringing life. So he was one way, and he's a new way. The old way is gone. He's new. He has a new self. His old identity has been taken away. And he's now stepping and living his, in his new identity. The perfect picture in scripture there is, like you said, he was named Saul, and now he's Paul. It's almost as if God is saying, you were once that, and now you're this. And so live in your new life your new identity. So when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, the greatest gift that we receive from what Scripture tells us is what? Life. We step in to true life. That leads me to point number two. After you're filled, you then step into 
life. Jesus says in Scripture that the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I've come to give you life. Life to its fullness. Such a beautiful passage there. And I know that passage I've seen. My dad's a boat racer. And uh, in the Power Boating Association, you just see that verse all over all the boats. Jesus has given you life to the fullest, so live life at full speed, right? And it's like, no, no, no. You know, so sometimes when we hear that verse, we think about that verse, we can kind of flip a switch and be like, okay, I'm going to live life in the fast lane, right? I'm going to live life my way. I'm going to eat, drink, and be merry. But we just got to reclaim a second and say, that's not what this verse is. That's not the kind of life that Jesus is referring to. Jesus is referring to the fruits of the Spirit. When he says, I've come to give you life, I've come to give you love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. That's what Jesus is up to in your life. This is what Jesus is up to in this world. Because true life for Jesus is not circumstantial. Life for Jesus comes through him and him only. It's, it's living with contentment in every single circumstance. What an amazing challenge that is, isn't it? That no matter where we find ourselves, no matter the health concerns that we have, the financial situations we find ourselves in, the unemployment we find ourselves in, to still stay in and live in the fruits of the Spirit, not letting circumstances determine my life, but letting Jesus define and determine my life. Because the only way that we can experience contentment in our lives is through an inward transformation. There has to be a transformation that happens inside of us, and that transformation that happens inside of us works its way outward, and it spills out into every single aspect of our lives, into our marriages, into, into the relationship I have with my kids, into my church community, into my workplace. It starts inward. It doesn't work its way from the outside in. It starts inward, and that's who Jesus is, and that's what the Holy Spirit's up to in our lives. And this is why Jesus says, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. It all starts with Jesus. Now, I think we know uh, that, that so many people in our world view life the opposite, right? If, like, if my circumstances are good, when I get that raise, when I get that promotion, when I get that new car, or when I move into that neighborhood, or I get that kind of dog, or I get that kind of shirt, then I'm going to love. Then I can be joyful. Then I'll be kind, right? One thing the Lord has been teaching me recently as a young church planner, uh, where nothing is stable, um, I could be easily rocked by my circumstances, is if I can't have joy in the season of my church right now in year one, I won't have joy in year 10. And, and we've got to learn as followers of Jesus to sit and be joyful no matter what, to know how to love no matter what. Because if we're not now, it's going to be very difficult to be later. Amen? Because the fruits of the Spirit are not attitude adjustments. They're not. It's an identity swap. And so many times we look at the fruits of the Spirit like, okay, I'll just, I'll just be joyful. That's not what Jesus is at. If there's a lifestyle of joy that exudes for you that people just look at you and they go, oh, that person's joyful. You don't even have to say anything. 
So instead of saying, if this happens, or when I get that, then I will have joy, what if we just decided from this point and to sit in the reality that life means you are love, you are joy, you are peace, you are patient, you are kind, you are good, you are faithful, you are gentle, you have self-control. What an amazing place to live out of. We wake up every morning reciting that to ourselves. This is my identity in Christ. This is what the Holy Spirit's up to. This is what I'm going to pour out into this world. This isn't a fake it till you make it. This isn't I'm going to try really hard to be joyful. That's not what this is about. This is what the Holy Spirit wants to do in our lives. And we have to submit ourselves to him. To be filled. To receive new life. Which brings me to my third point. To walk in the Spirit. So many times when I think about that, that word, I'm going to walk with Jesus. We talk about this a lot in church. And so many times I can think about that phrase and link that to my purpose statement. This is my purpose. And I can fall into the trap and believe that my purpose is rooted in what I do. But I, I want to present to you something, and it's something that I believe that God cares way more about uh, what I do is not necessarily what God is up to in my life. We can link purpose to what I do. I think there's something that God cares way more about than what I'm doing with my life. Are you ready for this? God cares more about who I'm becoming more than what I'm doing. Let me say that again. God cares way more about who I'm becoming more than what I'm doing. Why? Because if I am love, if I am joy, if I am peace, if I am patient, the doing will work itself out. That comes later. But, but if I can stand up here in front and be confident to know that I have self-control, that I, I'm the same person up here that I am when no one's around, all the doing will follow. My life will be consistent. My character will be there. The Lord will present opportunities for me to step into, to bring life, and to be love in this world. God cares more about who you're becoming. That you will be led by the Spirit. That you be so in tune with what God is doing in your life, where He's leading you in every single moment. And there's almost this awareness that He wants us to step into as we follow Him, doesn't He? And so this is what we're all about as Jesus followers. It's walking in step with the Spirit. We want to be people who are constantly walking with the Spirit. Because what comes from that? Growth. Growth to Christ-likeness. Now, I know I'm one of the youngest people in this room, but can we all just agree that, that growth towards Christ-likeness is a lifelong process? You've never arrived, right? This is what sanctification is all about. It's a process. It takes time. You're never fully arrived. That's the beautiful adventure about following Jesus. There's always more for you. There's always more love. There's always more joy. There's always more peace. You never arrive. As long as you're breathing, you have purpose, right? And so that's what we're committed to. So we walk in the Spirit. It's important to stay next to the Spirit. You, do you know anybody who is a fast walker? It seems my dad is this way my entire life. I've always been trying to keep up with my dad anytime we go anywhere. It's like I'm, he's just normally walking. It seems like I'm running 
just to keep up with them. You know anybody that just walks really fast and it seems like anytime you're with that person, no longer does actually being with that person become fun because that person's just focused on their destination. And so maybe you're the type of person like I am, I wanna take in the scenery. I wanna window shop a little bit, right? I wanna buy a cinnamon roll. I wanna people watch. There's things that I wanna do. I wanna enjoy the process. And I think as we, as we have a relationship and as we, we, we want to walk in step with the Spirit, I think we do the same thing with the Holy Spirit. The Spirit's moving, but He's moving at a pace we don't like. He's moving a little bit too slow for us. And so we try to rush the process. We get ahead of Him. We miss the opportunities He's placed in front of us. And so when we talk about walking in step with the Spirit, do you know what that means? Slowing down, clearing things off your plate, finding time to rest, even taking a nap. Wow. <laughs> Amazing. My mentor gave me that permission. He's like, take a nap. I'm like, I, and I don't have to feel guilty? No. <laughs> Slowing down, seeing what it is that the Spirit wants to do in your life. It will require you to step out of your comfort zone and do things that you normally wouldn't do, or even better, this is my favorite thing about walking in step with the Spirit, and this is what the Holy Spirit's been doing in my life recently, putting me in situations to be ministered to. Because so, so many times as a Jesus follower, I think I'm the one that has to be ministering all the time. And there are parts of that as following Jesus, right? But just as much as Jesus wants you to minister to people, he also wants you to be ministered to. When we get ahead of the Spirit, we don't see the things he wants us to see. We're not becoming the person that God wants us to become. We're focused on our own lives. So I want to end with asking you a question. What kind of person are you becoming? Do you want to live by the flesh that leads to destruction? Or do you want to walk in step with the Spirit, being filled with the Spirit, being overwhelmed with life through the Spirit? Because I, 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 the message that I came here to share with somebody this morning is that love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness and faithfulness and self-control is readily available for you this morning. It's not too late. Maybe you're looking at your life and thinking, I've got it wrong. Or I put up a good face for people. It's not too late. It's the beautiful thing about following Jesus. It's never too late to make some changes. It's never too late to invite the Holy Spirit into your life so that you can wake up Monday morning being a good news bearer to the world. Amen? Amen. 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 All right. Am I supposed to pray? <laughs> pray, Mike. Okay, let me pray for you. Uh, Lord, we just thank you for your word. We thank you for your fruit. And Lord, as we think about how this impacts every aspect of my life. I pray, Father, that we would just, first and foremost, I think this is the word for us this morning, to slow down our lives to listen to you. To walk in step with you. And I know, Lord, if there's anybody in here that's like me, uh, we can live much of our life in worry. We can live much of our life in fear. So much so that we uh, want to do things our way, believing that our way is best. And so right now, Lord, we just stop. And we pause. And we acknowledge that your ways are better than our ways. Just as the prophet Isaiah prayed. 
Your ways are large, just as, just as heaven and earth are separate, so are your ways and my ways. So, Lord, we just come and we just submit our lives to you. We trust you. You are our Lord, you are our King, and you are our Savior. And so I pray, Father, that your fruits would abound in every single life here represented this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Amen.